0: When holidays come around, it can feel like you need a small army to keep everyone in line. Don't even get me started on the mammoth task that is packing everyone's bags, getting everybody actually out of the house. It's so much stress before you even leave the front door. Holidaying as a family when you're a single parent is a whole other experience, one that I haven't had. So I've brought journalist, mother Zen author and single mum, Jacinta Tynan, who recently embarked on an international holiday with her boys into the studio. Hi, Jacinta. How are you? Hello, Siobhan. Well, thank you. I love boys. Boys are great. They're also... (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it's going somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) They're also like labradors in a way like they need to get outside they ne- they've they just got so much energy and like maggie dent recently said body uh, boys express their emotions through their behavior and through their bodily actions which can all lead to some challenging experiences at home where you have everything under control whatever possessed you
1: to go away with them to america <laughs> oh america was uh nothing about some of the other trips we've been on i Have the view that just because you're a single parent doesn't mean that life should stop. And you want to have these great experiences with your children. And so you just people say to me often when I travel with the boys, how do you do it? I don't know how you do it. And I say, well, if I didn't, we wouldn't go. So it is is harder. It is definitely harder without that other adult. You're the only grown up on a road trip or on a plane or wherever you happen to be. Um, And so that makes it, it's just double the effort and it's uh, double the potential for trouble. But you want to have these great experiences with your children, you just got to buckle up and do it. <laughs> and I, I actually took the boys on the Polar Express in wow. Flagstaff, Arizona. I highly recommend it. The opportunity came up. I was writing a travel story, and I thought that's going to be pretty tough, oh, the long-haul flight and uh, and traveling across America in a car on the wrong side of the road and all of those things. But again, I thought if we don't do it, we don't do it. So I braced myself, and off we went. And there were... There were trials along the way, but when it, it's when you look back in the scheme of it all. And so I'm so glad we did that. And also, it made me feel like I'm quite awesome that I pulled it off.
0: You are quite awesome. You were awesome before you did it, but you're even more awesome for doing
1: that. <laughs> so tell me about the Polar Express, because that sounds like a kid's dream. It is an absolute fantasy. It's, it's based on the book, the Polar Express book, which then became a movie with Tom Hanks. And the Grand Canyon Railway in... Arizona. It's actually a railway that's been around for 100 years that transports people up to the Grand Canyon. But at Christmas time, they morph it into the Polar Express. And it is like being in the story. I loved it, let alone the children. People turn up from all around the world in their jammies. <laughs> and the Polar Express departs twice, twice a day from a town called Williams, which is just uh, west of... Flagstaff. Flagstaff itself is a beautiful town. And these Flagstaff and those areas, they're made for Christmas because there's snow on the ground and there's ice skating and Christmas decorations. They go all out. You know how they do that in the US. You're an hour and a half from the Grand Canyon. There's a ski bowl an hour away. And then, then this little trip, I think it was half an hour's drive or something, and you're in this town called Williams at an old, beautiful old railway station. And everyone's decked out in the gear. So if you've read the book, there's the conductor with the gold watch chain. So he's around and he gets everyone onto the train and the movie's playing on repeat in the in the train station. And when you're on board, it is just like being in the book. You, they read the story over loudspeaker. So everyone joins in and it's a big group read along. And then we sing carols <laughs> and then you see Santa and then Santa hops on board and you go to the North Pole. It's absolutely Exquisite. That's
0: beautiful. And you also went to Disneyland. I feel like leaving the kids behind and doing this trip on my own. <laughs> Obviously, I wouldn't. Wouldn't dream of it. What was Disneyland like? Because, I mean, um, we haven't even spoken about how you dealt with that driving around the states on your own. <clears throat> Children fighting in the back of a car when you're on the right side of the road can be distracting. I don't know how you managed it. Um, so you've got that part of the trip, but it's relatively contained, right? So you go in the car, you. You get there, you get on the train.
1: Disneyland sounds like it's mammoth. Disneyland, when you're there, it's the happiest place on earth, isn't it? So when you're there, it was wonderful, and I did have those moments where I looked at my children and felt so overwhelmed with happiness. I thought, we're sharing this. This is exciting. I just loved it. I went there when I was about thirteen, and hadn't been back since, and it hasn't changed. So being able to share that with them was just magical. But look, the the most trying trip, the most trying time of that trip was the driving, and. Here we are talking now, months later, and saying it wasn't that fun. But it was dreadfully stressful. And this is where it becomes relevant for parents who are traveling on their own. And parents traveling on their own with kids, it's it's divorced parents and separated parents and parents who've, whose partners have died. But it's, there's plenty of other people that do it who have had children on their own, many women, as you know, having children on their own, or people whose partners are working or otherwise engaged. There's a lot of people travelling solo, so they'd be interested to hear these bits because let's not gloss over it. It's hard work. I was in tears many times. The kids were in tears, as I say, made up for it by the wonderful experiences. And I think when you're travelling alone with your kids as the only adult who you are more present with them because you do just go, this is us, and they say, we're a team, and you feel really connected to them in that way. But there were times when I was lost on an LA freeway. I can't believe I drove. By the way, I wouldn't recommend that. But the cars in America, the high cars don't have sat-nav. And that's because they want you to pay $100 a day to hire a sat-nav. And don't even ask me why I didn't have it on my phone. I'm a technophobe. And I didn't actually, it turns out I did have it set up, but I didn't know I did. So I didn't use it. That's a whole other story. So LA Airport to Anaheim, where Disneyland is, is supposed to, think, take an hour and a half or something. It took about four hours. Oh,
0: my goodness. Because I
1: was going off exits. I'm lost. I drive off an exit into a a petrol station, a gas station, and just hope, I just hope I'm in a nice neighbourhood. Um, you know, Because LA, for goodness sakes. So I'd drive off thinking, gosh, I hope this is a nice neighbourhood. And I'd turn up to a service station and s- suss it out. It's getting dark. The kids are tired. They're upset. They're crying. They're hungry. And I'd have to say, can you tell me how to get there? And for, weirdly, no one knew. Anyway, that just went on for hours. And when, I, by the time I arrived at the hotel, I had a massive meltdown. I was crying and crying. And what it was, to be really honest, was the stress of driving, of course, on the wrong side of the road. But also, I thought to myself then, and it all came crashing down, This is not how I imagined my life. This is not how I thought my first experience at Disneyland would be. I thought I'd be here as a family and that all happened to me. So I sat on the bed and I sobbed. But then I was, I had able to use that to explain to the children later. I mean, at the time I was saying, I didn't think it would be like this and it's so hard. But then I was able to use that as a learning experience and say, "But, but I am so glad we're here together and we get to do this. How lucky that we get to do this. But any parent who's a solo parent hearing that will relate to those moments where you do think, I'm inadequate, it's not what I imagined, life is not, this is not the dream.
0: This isn't what we planned. And yet, and yet, you have all these wonderful memories because you push through it. I mean, and it's hard not to see that your boys are going going to grow up and not reflect back and think, I'm so amazed that mum did that with us. Isn't that great?
1: Yeah. It's not, it's not like we went to the moon. I mean, it was not that hard. And we're in a country where they speak our language. And- I'm sorry.
0: I still No, it's still hard, <laughs> Jacinda. Don't talk it down. Um, well, talk to me about that, um, you know, being real as a single parent and saying to those who are out there thinking of going, travelling with their kids for whatever reason on their own and the tough parts being um, driving at that point, having to manage a, a foreign place and not knowing where you're going. Um Tell me about the travel industry, because it it seems to me that where there are family destinations that are spruced all the time, but surely if they were thinking of parents traveling on their own, they might go, oh, you're on your own. Maybe you need to catch the bus. I actually think you should catch the bus because driving is going to be stressful. Why don't you just catch the bus with the kids?
1: Did no one suggest that to you? The thing that's still so backward about the travel industry is that if you look at any of the ads, walk past any travel agent, the ads on TV magazines, it's all still geared to the nuclear family. They've got mum, dad, and the two kids, and they look so happy, and it's all so easy. So the, the the travel industry is not caught up. And this is the fastest growing family group in Australia, single parent families. The stats are actually 6.5, no, it was 6.5% of families in 76 And we're now up to 10.2% of families are single-parent families. And it's growing, as I say, the fastest one. Yet the travel industry doesn't reflect that. So you kind of have to do your own groundwork. And there's no one to give you those tips. I know that some websites, so there's uh, the uh, Signature Media, who has the website Holidays with Kids and various other websites. They've got one for ski and snowboard with kids and so on. They have a special portal now for single parent travel because they've kind of caught on that, that it's a different experience and there are different needs. So it might be, I mean, this is if you've got the cash, but you might need in-flight support with nannies or porters to carry your bags and you, you, entertainment for the kids. You might want to go where there's a where there's a kids club. So there, it would be wise for travel operators to tap into that to cater to this market, and also to understand, edge. like the extra advice you might do with, like
0: yeah, okay, so you decided you want to hire a car you won't have someone sitting don't next do it. to you. Going... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a good tip for the first tip for single parents traveling. Do not drive on your own. <laughs> Actually, I
1: don't agree with that. It was very liberating. And there was a moment where, because I wrote about this in a Sunday Life Story, and I wrote about this moment when I was driving again from Flagstaff, Arizona, this beautiful that beautiful city, and I'm driving along at dawn and those beautiful cacti, you know, the ones you see in Roadrunner cartoons, and they're silhouetted against the sunrise and this pink, hot pink sunrise, and we're heading out, barreling along this road, leaving Flagstaff and the kids are in the back singing and I got teary for a good reason at that time <laughs> and thought, wow, I've got this and we're yep. doing this and so it was worth it in that way but it can be uh, incredibly taxing in so many other ways and I do recommend the the one tip I would give, well, there's many, but one would be planning ahead and it sounds so simple but you've got to have everything. You can't do the spontaneity travel thing anymore if you're on your own, if you're the only grown-up. Because it's not like you can leave the kids and say, just sit there while I go and find us somewhere to stay. You know what we we all did when we were 24. You've got to know exactly where you're staying. You might even want to have a pretty good idea of where you're going to eat that night. You want to know what activities you've got planned for the kids. All those sort of things you've got to book ahead. And even only take the bags you can carry, depending on the age of your children. But I couldn't get my children to carry their bags. I've taken them skiing 100 times. And I'm there with three sets of skis and three helmets and three sets of gloves. You know, So you have to think about all those things.
0: I see another career for you, Jacinta. Have you ever thought about being a travel agent?
1: Uh, no, thank you. I'll just uh, <laughs> just can handle my own children on our trips, I think. I'll stick to that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming in and chatting with us. It's a pleasure.
0: Thank you. That was Jacinta Tynan. She is the author of Mother Zen, Sky News presenter and Fairfax columnist. And for more tips on travelling as a single parent or to find out more about Jacinta, just head to our website, kindling.com.au and search Jacinta. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at
1: our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.